News Weekly is an ad-free listener-supported podcast made possible by subscribers like you. Just go to patreon.com slash samishah, that's S-A-M-I-S-A-J-H, to support the podcast. Top Stories of the Week Australian media shouting over voice And Putin putting the mm in Kim All that and more on News Weekly Hello and welcome to News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Everything is going great, news now. Australia is one month out from the referendum on voice to Parliament and the entire debate has been conducted with an inspiring amount of clarity, sincerity, honesty and dignity. Neither side is resorting to hyperbole and abuse. The media is keeping a check on the integrity of all commentators by accurately reporting on events without bias and the average Australian feels excited to vote in something that's going to bring us together as a country. See, if that wasn't happening, then, for example, no one would get upset when one of the key architects of the Yes campaign, Professor Marcia Langton, was recorded on video saying no campaigners are motivated by racism or stupidity. Every time the no case raises one of their arguments, if you start pulling it apart, you get down to base racism. I'm sorry to say it, but that's where it lands. Or just sheer stupidity. Luckily, the media didn't freak out and start claiming Marcia Langton called all no voters racist and stupid and accepted her repeated explanation that she was talking specifically about no campaigners and not no voters. What I was saying was that the claims made by the no campaign are based in racism and stupidity. And that's a completely different um kind of statement altogether. And that explanation was accepted by everyone in the media, especially since she has previously been recorded also saying she thinks only about 20% of no voters are racist. Then there's the hard no voters, and I'm hoping that they're about 20% and they're the ones who are spewing the racism. Which, to be honest, is low-balling that figure significantly. 20% is more likely the amount of no voters not motivated by racism and stupidity, with most no voters simply voting no because it's the only word they recognise after having it yelled at their faces whenever they start saying something racist and stupid in conversations, which is basically every time they have a fucking conversation. So, like I was saying, luckily... The media understood the context of Marcia Langton's statement, didn't make a big deal out of an indigenous person who has been in the public sphere for as long as she has and therefore experienced as much racism as she definitely has, saying something fairly uncontroversial in a small event to her supporters. And similarly, the media continued to show the same level of maturity by not making a big deal out of a controversial statement by no campaigner Jacinta Price. Do you believe the history of colonisation continues to have an impact on some Indigenous Australians? Uh, No. Now that's the clip and irresponsible news media focused purely on increasing controversy and thus ratings would show you by editing together different parts of her interview. They 
also didn't repeatedly then frame it as just enterprise denying colonialism was always bad for indigenous Australians, as opposed to answering the question whether it still has an impact. Luckily, Australian news media doesn't do such things. And all Australians were given the full context of a point of view that while controversial and one that many rightfully disagree with is not one that uncommon to hear when heard in full. In your speech, you claim some Indigenous organisations, quote, want to demonise colonial settlement. Could I ask you, please, do you believe the history of colonisation continues to have an impact on some Indigenous Australians? Uh, no. Very, I'll be honest with you, no, I don't think so. A positive impact? Absolutely. I mean, now we've got running water, we've got readily available food. I mean, everything that my grandfather had when he was growing up, because uh, he first saw whitefellas in his early adolescence, we now have. Um, otherwise, he would have had to live off the land, uh, provide for his family, uh, and, and all of those measures which uh, Aboriginal Australians Many of us uh, have the same opportunities as all other Australians uh, in this country. And we certainly have uh, probably one of the greatest systems around the, uh, around the world in terms of the democratic structure um, in comparison to other countries. It is why migrants come to flock to Australia to call Australia home, because the opportunity uh, that exists for all Australians. But if we keep telling Aboriginal people that they are victims, well, we are effectively removing their agency uh, and then provide, giving them the expectation that someone else is responsible for their lives. That is the worst possible thing you can do to any human being, is tell them that they are a victim without agency. And that's what I refuse to do. So you don't believe that... As a quick follow-up, you don't believe there's any negative ongoing impacts of colonisation on Indigenous Australians today? Just, just to confirm. No, there's no ongoing negative impacts of uh, colonisation. Now, still a controversial statement, but when heard in full with the context of her point of view about victimhood, more consistent with conservative political philosophy and therefore not really something particularly shocking from her, given she's pretty much already said the same thing many, many times in the past, like this interview four years ago. Uh, I don't see myself as a victim to, uh, you know, white people, this idea of um, colonisation. It's because I speak the truth when it comes to what we have to do for ourselves as Indigenous people to fix our problems. So that's why the media isn't making a big deal out of everything Jacinta Price is saying, with the right-wing side of the press hailing her as a truth-speaking hero, finally saying what needs to be said, and the left-wing side of the press demanding other Indigenous leaders spend their time responding to her claims and expend effort providing masses of academic, scientific and medical evidence that historic colonialism does indeed have negative effects in the current day as well, and the entire rest of the country doesn't then watch Indigenous leaders scrap it out in the public eye like some kind of sadistic spectators. But, like I said, none of that is happening, which is a good thing, because if it was, then in a crazy world where this sort of stuff did happen, we'd be left with no voice of reason and responsibility in mainstream discourse and be forced to admit that the only person making measured arguments against the no campaign and in defense of the yes campaign is notorious Fido fiddler Chris Kenny. Yeah, that exposes the big contradiction, the big paradox, if you like, of the no campaign. They claim a voice is divisive, but they promise to legislate a voice themselves. They say we should all be treated exactly the same, 
but they're happy to keep their Indigenous Affairs departments, their Indigenous Affairs projects, special laws for Indigenous people, special funding for Indigenous people and Indigenous Affairs ministers. Now, either all these should go because they are divisive or if they're all worthwhile, then surely we ought to have a voice to give Indigenous people a say on them. And, of course, the Coalition supports the latter. They support legislating a voice too. They support it all, including having a Minister for Indigenous Australians. The only thing the Coalition objects to is for the Constitution to mandate that we should have a voice. They just want to legislate one under existing provisions. That's all. That's the only point of difference. None of this could be divisive, as the Coalition claims, because then surely the Coalition wouldn't be supporting it. They only oppose the constitutional mandate. All this aggressive rhetoric back and forth, and we see most of the division is largely confected for party political purposes because there's very little to debate between the parties at all. Good for us, we don't live in that world where we have to turn to Chris Kenny for maturity and wisdom because in a world like that, a new satire podcast just might become redundant. From Pyongyang with love, news now. One of the more peculiar aspects of modern popular culture is shipping. It's when fans of something want two characters from that thing they're a fan of to end up in a relationship together, thus shipping them. So like if you're a fan of Sherlock Holmes wanting Holmes and Moriarty to bang, or a fan of the Buffyverse uh, wanting Spike and Angel to get together, or fans of the MCU imagining Captain America and Iron Man finding new places to put the Infinity Stones. Now, not all shipping is gay, but there does tend to be a preference for queer twists in the fan fiction. Well, if you're a fan of fascism, then there's a new couple for you to ship. But first, the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and the Russian President Vladimir Putin have met at the Vostochny Space Centre. That's right, the Pyongyang playboy and the Moscow MacDaddy got all up in each other's business trading arms for space programs and undying commitment to each other. And if you think I'm exaggerating, here's a BBC News report on what the two got up to that I've totally not turned into a trailer for a 70s Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un. Is this now a fine bromance? Launch pads, rocket systems, small ears. He wants help to develop his space and missile programs. A hidden agenda that the Kremlin has been trying to do an arms deal with North Korea. Kim and Putin. It's a marriage made not in heaven, but in a geopolitical maelstrom. The real question, of course, is who's fucking whom. That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. It's a short edition, I know, but I want to actually share something with you, which is um, a lot of people have contacted me and asked me um, how I will be voting when it comes to the voice to parliament. And while I do normally think that a thing like this, a vote like this, is a very personal thing and maybe not necessarily want to be shared with anyone else, um, I feel like maybe here at News Weekly headquarters, it's all right for us to be a little bit more transparent. Uh, So how am I going to vote for voice to parliament? 
I feel, I don't think it'll come as a surprise to many people that I will be voting yes, I will be voting in favour of voice to parliament. It is a decision I didn't make lightly. It's a decision I did my research, I did my spent my time thinking about it. Uh, it was a decision that was weighted by a few things. One is obviously looking at some of the effects that voice to parliament claims it will have. Um, looking at also the fact that, you know, what we've got currently just maybe hasn't worked out. And so change is good. I'm all for trying new things. I have no problems with that. Uh, looking at, and I'll be very honest, some of the absolute racist fuckheads on the no side, like basically Tony Abbott, John Howard, Peter Dutton, and many, many others, and being like, well, I'm definitely not going to vote for anything they ever vote for, pretty much ever, ever, ever. Um, but more importantly, I, at one point when I was really thinking about this, I was trying to think, oh, what do I think about the whole, you know, inequality, equality in, in debate? And a few years ago, I was on Q&A. Uh, Q&A, if you're not in Australia or an Australian, is a TV show here in Australia, which, it, you know, basically it's supposed to be a debate format. And they get people from different sides of politics and culture and society and everything to sit on a panel discussion. And a moderator then asks questions and everyone gets like three minutes to give a pithy answer. Then they move on to the next thing. And it's exactly what these kind of shows are always about in that it is completely bland, utterly uninspiring and full of uh, sound bites that are designed to go viral, but not actually actually contribute to the conversation anyway and uh, hopefully the show will be cancelled soon. Now when I was there someone asked about um, well they, they kind of worded the question in a way that it didn't sound like it was about indigenous people but it was obviously about indigenous people and I answered it on the spot the best I could keeping in mind again this was live and, and I didn't have time to think about my answer beforehand. You don't, you're not giving the questions before you go in. But looking back at that recently, I don't think I believe any differently now than I did then. And therefore, I think this answer that I gave on Q&A back in 2019 pretty much says everything I have to say about Voice to Parliament now. After working and paying taxes for about 50 years myself, I believe that no person living in Australia today should be entitled to any special benefit or recognition which is based not simply on need or achievement, but rather on race, or how long their ancestors were here. What do the panel think about that? Wow. Uh, thanks for the easy one. Um, it's, it, look, it's easy to dismiss the value of race um, when it's not something that has been a defining aspect of your life when it's not something that has been used to vilify, deprive, um, and, and rather, in many cases, destroy entire communities. Uh, in, in, in situations like that, when, we, when you don't have that experience, when you've never had that, um, that, that kind of vilification coming at you based entirely on your race, it's easy to sit and say, look, you know what, it's a fair go, everyone's born equal, everyone dies equal, and, and I don't see race. Um, it's actually harder to see race in these situations because that acknowledges a certain level of privilege. I can understand why you'd feel that, look, um, you know what, there's no race, everyone's equal, I don't, why should my taxpayer money go in different areas? Uh, but unfortunately for you, we do live in a society which is entirely designed upon helping one another helping the underprivileged. We have New Start, which we desperately need to increase for a reason. We have Centrelink. We have all of these things. We have, you know, Medicare. We have a system designed to help those who need the help. And there is, whether you like that truth or not, 
a community within Australia who, because of their race, have suffered more and greater than any other community in this country, and to give them the help because their race has put them in a situation where they've needed the help, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. I'll see you right back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch news in the headlines. You got it, Weekly. <laughs>